What's doing, everybody? Today is Thursday, June 8th. Tucker Carlson is back on Twitter, and today I have got his biographer, Chadwick Moore, joining me on the show. Plus, Instagram is connecting pedophile with child porn pushers. Also, you have now seen Muslims and Christian parents united against the groomers. I'm Alec Lace. This is The Alec Lace Show. What's doing, everybody? I'm Alec Lace, and for the last five years, I've hosted an award-winning podcast called First Class Fatherhood. For the most part, I've done my best to keep politics out of the conversation, but I cannot do that anymore. That is why I've decided to launch a new show, The Alec Lace Show. So hit the follow button, and let's preserve, protect, and fight for the American family together. The future is family. What's doing, everybody? Welcome to the live broadcast here on Rumble. I'm Alec Lace. Happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. And an awesome announcement, too. Uh, this show is now being simulcasted on iTunes, Spotify, uh, pretty soon, wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm just going to continue to do the live broadcasts here on Rumble. And you will only see the video version of this show on Rumble, where it'll stay exclusive for the video format. But you can now listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio as well, and soon many more to follow. So if you guys are listening to the audio version of this, it is coming from the live Rumbles that I do every Tuesday and Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you want to watch to see some of the clips that I share, some of the videos that I put up here, or you want to watch the interviews that I do, join me over here on rumble uh you can find it under the first class fatherhood page and just check out the alec lay show hit me with a follow subscribe wherever you're listening to help me build the momentum of this show here because let's face it the parents are under attack in this country there's no doubt about it so we've got to do something got to stand up got to point out the craziness uh, that is coming at the american family who is the underdog in our country today now just as i stated at the top there I'm going to have Chadwick Moore joining me in just a little while here. I'm going to put the interview out. Uh, Tucker Carlson came out on Tuesday with his first episode of his show on Twitter, and it really just broke Twitter. It's at 100 million views. It's ridiculous the amount of people that have viewed it, shared it, uh, retweeted it. It is by far way outdoing the numbers of the actual mainstream media. It has gathered so much attention. Now, a new book about Tucker Carlson's life is coming out July 18th, written by Chadwick Moore, uh, who has gotten just just an exclusive look into Tucker Carlson's life, spent a lot of time with him, and was able to have just unprecedented access to his daily life. That book was actually pushed back, as Chadwick will tell you, uh, because Tucker was let go from Fox. So he comes with... Now, I will say this. I did record this interview with Chadwick that I'm about to release to you guys. I recorded it on Tuesday afternoon, and I do ask Chadwick in the interview, uh, when can we expect to see Tucker back on Twitter? Uh, And he said he wasn't too sure. You'll hear him in the interview, but uh, it happened to be a few hours later, Tucker banged out his first episode. I I, got to talk to Chadwick and say, hey, you could have really helped the show out here if you dropped the info ahead of time, but no hard feelings there whatsoever. I love Chad. I think that the book is going to be an absolute bestseller. There's no doubt it'll be an instant New York Times bestseller. So Chadwick Moore is going to be here with me in just a few minutes. But one of the most uh, just groundbreaking stories that hit yesterday was what's going on on Instagram, which is owned by Mark Zuckerberg's uh, uh, Meta Universe. They are now, what they found, there was an investigation done, a study done, Uh, by the Wall Street Journal, Stanford University, and the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. And what they found 
is that they are openly connecting these accounts of pedophiles who are searching for child porn with the distributors of the child porn. So they found 405 sellers of child porn active on Instagram. And they are actually, they found what, what, what the study finds, and you, get, you should read this in the Wall Street Journal, what the study finds is that the algorithm on Instagram is actually helping connect these two people together. The person that's looking to buy child porn and the person that's distributing the child porn. And what they're able to do is use hashtags that which are supposed to be uh, forbidden to be able are unsearchable, but they are searchable, and they're actually uh, being able to connect these guys together. And they're you once they do connect. Now they get two options when when they click on these posts on Instagram. One that says get resources, and the other option is uh, see results anyway. And they're still able to access these Instagram posts. And once they're connected, they're using emojis to to talk in code. One of the emojis they use is the emoji of a map, and the map is what stands for minor attracted person, which I think we're going to see more and more of as they're going to change the terminology. So they're already doing it. Rather than pedophile, it's minor attracted person. Sooner or later, as we continue to go softer and softer on pedophiles in this country, you're going to see more things like this, and they'll change the lingo just like they do with everything else that they do, right? With Black Lives Matter, how could you be against Black Lives Matter? With gender affirming care, instead of saying castration, mutation, mutilation and uh, uh, sterilization, uh, gender affirming care sounds better. They always use these words and I, I can sense that we're going to see uh, uh, another one for this, uh, for perverts, because basically that's what these people are, but they're calling them minor attracted people. The other emoji that they use is the pizza slice. I know we've seen that before, but this is what they're using and it's supposed to be for cheese pizza, which is for child porn. Now, it's alarming to see, but not surprising to see that this is going on in social media. We know this is where the predators lurk. This is where they hide. This is where they love to be. And never has it been easier for these bastards to run free on our children because they can do it behind the uh, anonymity or anonymity. Now I'm screwing that word up, but uh, they can do it anonymously from behind your phone, from behind your computer. Now, in 2022 in the United States, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children received 31.9 million cases of child porn being distributed. It is not a small problem by any means in this country. It is a absolute epidemic in the country here. So parents, you got to stay on your post. I know I was speaking at one event a couple of years ago, and they had one of the people come in that was a sponsor and they were showing their software while we were live at the event. I, I, I'm not sure. I don't want to get the name wrong, so I don't want to say it. But they're one of these people that, are, that, that check this stuff out as well. And what they did for us live was they started an Instagram account and launched it while we were actually at this, uh, attending this thing. And I was sitting there watching because I was going to speak shortly after. And I was just blown away by the way they did this. And they launched the account live. They had it up on the big screen. And they did it uh, as, a, as a 12-year-old. And within they started the timer from when they launched it. Within, within less than a minute, they got their first DM. Hey, how are you doing? And it's just, it starts right away. It, it, it social media is good for so many things. Don't get me wrong. It's the reason that I've been able to grow, you know, first class fatherhood into what it is. But 
there also is just a double-edged sword to it because it is so dangerous what is going on with social media. So I know I had uh, Senator Josh Hawley right here on the Alec Lay Show last week. He talked about TikTok. As you know, he is a big, big uh, uh, you know person that is against TikTok, and he is he, he, TikTok has no greater enemy in the U.S. than Senator Josh Hawley. He wants to see that thing totally wiped out in the U.S. But just because of how dangerous it is, and we see as people keep telling you, oh, stop it with the groomers, oh, stop it with the pedophiles. You guys are conspiracy theorists. Everything is this. Well, here you go. Here's a study that was done and it's, and God only knows if that's what they uncovered, God only knows what else is going on on social media that they haven't uncovered. These people are very slick at hiding this stuff and getting away with it. So parents, stay on your post uh, when it comes to social media. There's no doubt about it. It's getting harder and harder to do that. And another thing coming at the parents, which we know is this LGBTQ that comes hard during Pride Month. And we're seeing that now. And we're seeing Christians and Muslims standing up together against this same exact ideology that's being forced on our children. So we've seen it in a Christian community out in California, Glendale, California, which is a primarily Armenian uh, culture that's out there. There was a school out there. And it was a protest uh, between the parents and these far-left lunatics and Antifa who showed up. And it, it, it got to fisticuffs. I'm going to put up some of the video here for you guys to check it out. As you can see, tempers are flaring. And these parents are sick of it. They don't want to see this Pride Month stuff coming into the school. They want it to be left out. Leave it alone. When it comes to this sexual stuff with children, they want it to be out. Parents are just pissed off. And they have, they have really riled up the parents in this country. This is why I'm doing this show here right now. I've done first class fatherhood for five years. Kept politics off of it almost completely. But I cannot stand on the sidelines anymore. It's just gotten so far out of hand what they're doing to the children. Take a listen to some of these parents in Glendale talk about why they were there and the ridiculousness of what's going on in their school system. You need to stop asking little children what they sexually identify as. Children are not sexual beings, nor should they be. The sexualization of children is pedophilia. Nothing more, nothing less. I'm completely against the law that they're trying to pass to teach little kids in the school, six years old, to decide about sexual things. They don't even know what's going on. Amen for these parents that are standing up. And and it really is. They are trying to just warp the minds of these innocent kids. And they're so vulnerable. And they don't know. They they have no idea. They have millions of questions. They're exploring the world. Everything is fascinating to them. And you're perverting their minds with this garbage. Growing up, I had a different type of character that was on TV that we would watch. uh, Mr. Rogers. He touches on this. This is an old school throwback video, but he weighs in and you know damn well he would be canceled right now if he were putting this stuff out there. But listen to what he had to say about gender on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl... You stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Everybody's fancy. Everybody's fine. Your body's fancy, and so is mine. Only girls can be the mommies. 
Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. Boy, could we use a man like Mr. Rogers again. And and that used to be what was considered con- uh, common sense. That was never controversial. That was never up for debate. But again, you're, you're telling a little child, a preschooler, that, oh, just because you're a girl doesn't mean you have to stay a girl. You can actually become a boy. And it's a lie. They're lying to these children. They're filling them head their heads up with a bunch of nonsense. And it's got to stop. And it will stop because the parents are pissed. And I'm just so glad to see this. Another another group of parents that were pissed about this down in Maryland. There's a, uh, a Muslim and Islamic parents came out and protested. I'll put the picture here up on the board for you guys to see it. And they have had enough of it. And they're saying that when this, L, because this is a school board meeting over a LGBTQ material being taught in the classroom. And the Muslim and Islamic parents are saying, we do not want our children in the class while this is being taught. And that is the backlash that they're facing down there. Again, the Muslim and the Islamic parents are not out there begging the school to put their religion into the school. They're not asking them to do put their religious practices in the school. The Armenians out in California, they are not asking the school system to put their Christianity into the school system. They are simply saying, leave the LGBT transgender crap out of my children's face out of my children's ear, and let's focus, let's focus on math, let's focus on reading, let's focus on the education they're supposed to be getting that the taxpayers are paying for. They ain't paying for them to learn that they can get castrated, uh, uh, mutilated, and sterilized. That's not what they're supposed to be learning, and parents have had enough. And so you're going to see more and more parents speak up. God bless those parents. They are on the front line of this war that's going on right now for the mind of your children. And that's what this battle is all about. So props to the parents that are out there sticking to it. And just before I bring Chadwick Moore onto the show here, I just want to say again, uh, this is being broadcast now live on Rumble. You will hear the podcasts on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You'll have an opportunity uh, to go back and listen if you missed it. And if you're listening only and you want to watch these interviews like the clips I just played and the interview I'm about to put up here with Chadwick Moore, uh, join me here on Rumble 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesdays and Thursdays. All right, there's no bigger name. There is no bigger name in news commentary, uh, in politics right now, political commentary, than Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson is one of the biggest names in news commentary history. Right now, everything he touches is going to turn to gold. He is the most wanted man, in a sense, by people just want to hear from him. And he finally threw a little piece of bait at everybody on Tuesday. He got everybody all riled up. Finally, he dropped that much-anticipated first episode of his new show on Twitter. And right now, you got to listen to my interview with the man who knows him better than anybody else does. And that is Chadwick Moore, who has the new book, Tucker, that is dropping July 18th. The link is going to be down in the description of today's show. Uh, You guys pre-order it. Father's Day is coming up. It would make a nice pre-order gift uh, for for any dad in your family. Uh, Tucker Carlson, you know the book is going to be a hot ticket once it drops. So here we go. Hope you guys enjoy this interview with Chadwick Moore. Joining me now, Chadwick Moore, author of Tucker Carlson's soon-to-be-released book. Welcome to the Alec Lay Show. Hey, thank you for having me on. Great to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, first thing I wanted to hit you with here, uh, Chadwick, obviously uh, developments happened here, I would imagine, while you were sending this book to print. Did you already have the book sent to print before uh, Tucker got let go or fired by Fox, and then you had to kind of bring it back? Or what, 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 where were you at with the book when that happened? 
So I had submitted my manuscript in late March and we were going through the editing process, you know, reworking some things. And, uh, and then this news happened, actually the week this happened, I had my final call with Tucker's schedule. Cause I had like five questions to ask him just, you know, did I get this right? Can you explain this more? And then this news happened. So, uh, the, the original publication date when we started, this was supposed to be May 31st. And I, um, uh, got to interview Tucker two other times since his show was pulled off the air. So I added two new chapters to the book and updated to that. And then we just had to kind of go back through and it, and change the language a bit. And uh, when we talked about his show on Fox, uh, so it wasn't a massive overhaul because, you know, this is a book about really his entire life. And um, we just really had to add in all this new stuff. And then, of course, push the publication date back now. Yeah. And, I, and, you, and you mentioned there going back up. My second question was going to be, was there things you had to retract because of what happened? I mean, I guess obviously anything with some things with Fox News, was there anything else because of what happened that you kind of had to go back in and kind of edit out or edit around? It was a lot of just adjusting the language. I mean, we had to, I mean, at first we were like super panicked. You know, we found out the same way everyone else did, like on Twitter that day. And we thought like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And then, you know, like a couple of days later after it sank in a bit, we thought, well, you know, all we really have to do is go back and change the tense when we talk about his Fox News show from present tense to past tense, and then just really adjust the language and go back and see if everything still applies. Um, and then mainly it was just adding that new content. And thankfully, um, I got to I got to interview him twice since then and get, you know, the aftermath and his reaction and what was happening immediately uh, following this. And I would imagine, too, I mean, I, I would think it hurts in a way because Tucker obviously has, you know, had the, uh, you know, the biggest most viewed show on prime time. So being able to advertise this book or push the book on his show would have been huge for sales. But I think now maybe he has even more of a powerful voice. And uh, do you think, in your opinion, you think this is going to have, obviously the book I think is going to do well no matter what, but do you think this uh, adds to the sales or you think this hurts sales in any way? Well, when we were going into it, I said to um, my publishers who approached me with this, that I've said, you know, don't expect, because I was a regular on Tucker's show. And I said, don't expect Tucker to plug this book. Cause he won't. Cause, and now I know that knowing Tucker as well as I do now, cause he just, he's very waspy and that he hates that kind of attention. So I'm like, he's not going to have some guy and be like, this guy wrote a book about me. And here's, you know, I'm like, he'll still have, he'll still have me on, but he's not going to plug this book. So don't count on it. So I never thought that Tucker would plug the book on his show, nor any other Fox show that, that I used to be on. Um, I just sort of know Fox in that way that they're weird about stuff like that. Um, so you're right that, you know, Tucker, Tucker was the biggest show and, you know, he was, he was appointment viewing for millions of people and millions of people who wouldn't normally even watch cable news would get a subscription or tune in just for Tucker and even organize his, their lives around his show. And I think now that um, he's been put off the air, I think his audience only gets much bigger from here because most people don't have cable news subscriptions. And you can just see that in the reaction to the videos he posted on Twitter um, after his show was pulled off the air. You know, his show is getting three and a half million or so on Fox, which is huge for cable news now fox shows are getting like a million if they're lucky but um those videos were getting like 50 million views on twitter so he's just become i think in a way he's become more powerful because he's going to reach more people um you know before most people would just get his content through clips on social media now they'll be able to get a full show but in the same vein um he won't have i personally don't think that he'll have the ear of people in power like he used to who tend to you know washington even though most Americans aren't getting their news from cable, uh, Washington, our leaders tend to really care what's happening on cable. And I think that that's maybe a reason why his 
departure from Fox has felt like such a death for a lot of people is because they know that Washington tends to not care what's happening on Twitter as much as what's being said on cable. Well, well, obviously his his Twitter exploded. And and I think now even people who weren't likely to tune in to his show on Fox, now you have to hear what he has to say. So it's like everyone's like, oh, but we got to listen to it. So, But we haven't seen him on Twitter now. It's been almost a month. Uh, in a couple of days, it'll be a month since he posted a video. Any word on uh, when we can expect to hear from him again? I don't know when the show is going to go up on Twitter, but I do know that they are working like crazy people to get this new studio set up. Uh, you know, Fox came in and took all their equipment out. He, he had he had two home studios, um, neither in New York or Washington. And uh, I know his team has been working like crazy to get the new studio and get everything set up. A lot of the, his producers at Fox left when he, he left, and they're not getting paid right now. And they're not going to be paid by Fox. They will be getting paid by him. But, um, you know, I heard that they're doing this basically as unpaid interns because they believe in him so much and, and what and what the future is going to hold. Um, I don't know exactly what the show is going to look like or what the format's going to be. I sort of hope it's like one hour, eight o'clock every night. I think that'll be nice. But, um, yeah, we'll just have to see. Yeah, well, everyone's waiting with anticipation. And I wanted to ask you, because you would know better than anybody, uh, on my other show, First Class Fatherhood, I interviewed a lot of the Fox uh, News dads because uh, the show focuses all completely on fatherhood. So all the guys, Pete Hagseth, Will Kane, Sean Hannity, I've had them all. I, I, I was always trying to lock Tucker in, wasn't able, able to seal the deal. But what is Tucker Carlson like as a family man, as a father, in your opinion? Oh, yeah, you should definitely get him on if you're talking about that. I mean, he his... You know, his children, his four children and his wife, and it's the most important thing in the world to him, without a doubt. And, you know, I think a lot of that stems from his own childhood. You know, he came from a long line on both his mother's side and father's side of abandonment. And um, and I think that that really influenced the kind of person that he is. Um, you know, he and his wife, Susie, have one of the most amazing relationships I've ever seen. And they've been together since uh, they were 15 years old. They've been together ever since. And, um, you know, his kids are super important to him. I think that probably what he struggles with the most in his life is probably his children dealing with his job and whether that's people that they know in their life reacting negatively to his job or also worrying that people only want to be friends with them because of who their dad is. So that's for sure. I think what he struggles with the most, um, but he's really made an effort to be um, uh, a, a wonderful father. And, and he has a great relationship with his own dad, Dick Carlson, who I had the pleasure to get to know during this book. And uh, Dick's also a really, really interesting guy and, and Tucker's greatest role model is his father. Wow. Awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's cool. And, and, and yeah, you, you're right. I mean, I know for a lot of the guys, no matter what profession they're in, there's a price to pay for so much of this stuff. And a lot of it has to do with your family. And that's why I was even wondering when Tucker w was off with Fox and they were saying, oh, was it there was a, something they were saying about a year in the contract that he couldn't come back till after the election. I don't know if that you I mean you could speak to that. But uh, my, my thought was, I wonder if Tucker will just say, you know what? Let me just take whatever I got, get out of this stuff and just start raising my family. I mean, was was that part of his thought process here? And is there still something in there that where he can't come back from? What was that all about? The year thing. So he's he's really he'll be the first to say he's not concerned with money and he probably has more than enough money than he needs. And he's not really motivated by money at this point in his life. He does love working. He loves his job more than anything with the Fox situation. I haven't. So there's two things. First, I haven't seen his contract, for, but from what I understand, because he's still a Fox News employee, as we're speaking right now. He's getting paid to not have a show. Um, and although I haven't seen his contract, from what I understand is that Fox didn't have the foresight to include Twitter in their non-compete, which is why he's able to do a show on Twitter. But also, secondly, a lot of these, a lot of former Fox people have told me this too, that these contracts are really, really nasty to the point where if you do go on and do something else and you're still under contract, you can't just say, okay, I quit and, and here's your money back. 
you then have you then owe Fox money if you go on and start doing something else that's not specific in your contract. So it's not as easy as he can just quit and forfeit the money. There's things that Fox can really punish him for doing that. And the contract does go until uh, after the next election. You're right about that. Um, now, from what I've read, he's lawyering up and trying to get out of this contract. Um, but these uh, these non-competes and these they call it pay to play in these these big contracts are, you know, kind of like indentured servitude in a lot of ways for for these personalities. I would imagine that the legalese involved in a contract like his got to be like reading the Declaration of Independence on every paragraph, right. like, you know, <laughs> right. trying to figure out what means what, you know. So uh, but I know that I mean, I, I watched your video where you came out and said that uh, it would this was all related to this Dominion lawsuit. And I can only imagine, like, how powerful this Dominion must be. What did they have on Fox where Fox paid them hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and ended up letting go their cash cow in a sense, like their, their main thing on Fox where everybody, so many people you see on Twitter, the only reason I'm watching Fox is for Tucker. That's it. I mean, they, he was the guy at Fox. So to be willing to, 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 to cut ties with him, what in the world did this dominion have on Fox? So but what I understand is that Fox actually thought they would win the lawsuit if they went to trial but they desperately didn't want Rupert Murdoch to testify. And so they reached an agreement with Dominion, I was told moments before they were supposed to go to trial. Now, I had sources tell me that it was that Tucker's letting go was a condition in Dominion. That was also already out there reported. Dominion has denied this and Fox has denied this. But if it wasn't a condition in Dominion, I have no reason to believe my sources are lying, but I know it seems kind of strange. Um, but, you know, the other theory, which I also, which, you know, seems likely to me, kind of knowing how Fox operates, is that uh, even if it wasn't a condition with Dominion, it was basically the Fox executives trying to make an example of Tucker Carlson because he didn't he didn't push this this voting theory, voting machine theory at all on his show. Really, a lot of other Fox people did push it. Tucker really pushed back against it. Um, and those people who did push this theory still have jobs at Fox. And Tucker was like, oh, but Fox is known for having this for believing that it's the brand that matters, not their personalities. So Fox has always thought that, it, you know, these people are interchangeable. This talent, we let them go all the time. Nothing bad happens to us. Um, but what I think they failed to realize is that Tucker's brand was as powerful, if not more powerful than their own. They sort of thought it was no different than when Bill Riley or Glenn Beck or Megyn Kelly left. Uh, and they thought, yeah, they'll hurt for a minute, but we'll recover. But uh, I don't think that they saw this was coming in. And, you know, I ask Fox people this all the time, uh, you know, how can this be? This seems so stupid as everyone's wondering. And they all say to me the same thing. And they say, literally, management is so stupid and so out of touch with their audience. This is exactly what they're thinking. They're like, it doesn't matter. We're Fox. We're in indestructible. That might have been true 20 years ago, but I don't think that's true today. And I think that maybe they're realizing that. I think a lot of them are realized. I think a lot of legacy media or mainstream media is learning that. I think they know it. And it's just a matter of time before the whole thing crumbles. Because if you are, if you right now, the people have their own audiences. They're the ones that are bringing the viewers. So why do you need the, the platform anymore? You can create your own platform if you have that powerful voice. We're seeing that with so many influencers on the Internet. So I don't know how much longer any of this. It, it really, I guess, too, it has to be to the to the older uh, audience, uh, 50 and older that are really actually still tuning into this mainstream media because I, I I never put it on. Every, everything I get is usually now it's on Twitter all the time. And most of the people I talk to, it's social media. No one. It's like growing up, my parents would always sit down and watch the six o'clock news. Like, you know, I was a big thing. Watch the six o'clock news, Wheel of Fortune, watch the picket. And then it was like that was the normal routine today. Nobody's doing that anymore. So how, how much longer do you think this um, legacy media even has to go? 
Yeah, you're right. And, you know, I almost feel like Tucker was artificially propping up and extending the life of cable news and the relevance, you know, because he was bringing people to cable who don't belong there. And he had the largest audience in all of cable, including among Democrats in the 25 to 54 age group, which is the prime advertiser market. And they all left when he when he left and went away. And I think you're right that now the media landscape has shifted to number one, especially conservatives are so distrustful of brands and corporations, and they want relationships with personalities. And they had that with Tucker Carlson. You know, people had felt like they had a meaningful connection with this person who was giving them the news. It wasn't that he was on Fox. It was who he was. And uh, I think Fox has totally missed that. And that's, you know, all the successes and everything that people like you were doing. It's about a relationship with the personality, not with some corporation. And that's, I think, a dramatic shift in the media landscape that obviously has coincided with the rise of social media. Yeah, well, we just seen it when Elon Musk had uh, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis on the show uh, on Twitter on a space. It, it cracked the whole app like everyone's phone was crashing. It was millions of people trying to get on. And it was just uh, incredible to see that type of response uh, to a social media platform. And, and I would imagine the legacy media people or the the heads of that are, are were definitely shaking when they seen something like that. But I did I want to ask you, too, because you YouTube just recently now says that they're going to stop removing videos that challenge uh, or call the 2020 election a steal, which I, I was a victim of that, too, because I, ha- I had Dinesh D'Souza uh, on my on my other show, First Class Fatherhood, when he did 2000 Mules. Uh, that got taken down. I tried putting up clips of it. I got strikes and strikes against my YouTube account. Uh, they took that video down everywhere. But now all of a sudden they're saying, eh, well, now we're not going to remove it. So like all these people that kind of got screwed trying to explain, well, wait a minute, something, you know, I smell a rat here with this 2020 election. You couldn't even you couldn't even question it without getting it knocked down. Now we see things like the Dominion, which is it seems to be another side of this. Like I know Dinesh came from it with the with the 2000 mules, the ballot stuffing, something going wrong. The Dominion was another side of this argument. But does this change the game at all? And now that YouTube is actually saying, hey, you know, maybe they're, you know, we don't have to do this anyway. We saw it with the COVID too, all the censorship. You weren't allowed to post. So uh, is something changing here with the, as regards to the election? Uh, I mean, with YouTube and all that crap, I don't think so, because they'll just do it. Soon as, uh, in 2024, they'll just do it all again. Whatever the issue is that day, if you're challenging whatever they don't want challenged, they'll take it down. Yeah, yeah. You know how these people operate. It's like, oh, yeah, you can't say this. We're going to block you and ban you, your misinformation. And then after much more information comes out, oh, no, we're sorry. But they'll just do it all again. They don't care if they're totalitarians or authoritarians. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, there's never been any apology for any of it. Like oh, of it, a couple not. of years later, nobody cares anymore. So but yeah. but speaking, I, I did do an interview with Ron DeSantis uh, before. I know, obviously, right now, th- th- this is everything now. It's going to be nonstop leading up until the 2024 election. Has Tucker, uh, you see him, does he make an endorsement here? Which way do you think he leans towards the Trump DeSantis camp? He told me some really interesting stuff about Trump for the book. And I was, um, I was with him physically when all those text messages were coming out as part of the discovery and, and that, that people were saying, you're saying all this negative stuff about Trump in these private text messages. Um, so I, I got him firsthand being very candid about what he thinks about Trump. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if Tucker would actually declare on that, but you know, he, with, with, um, with Trump, he, was very open about where he thought he failed and then where he thought he would succeed. And one of the things he talked to me was about basically foreign policy and the way he described Trump's approach to foreign policy, I thought sounded pretty great. But um, uh, I don't know. He, has, he didn't really talk to me much about DeSantis, but he certainly had a lot of things to say about Trump, you know, both both as a human being. He was more interested. In, and this is one thing I really enjoyed about working on this book is Tucker was more interested in, in these kind of casual settings that we had of talking about something like Trump as a, as a person, as a guy, you know, what he's like to have dinner with. 
than trying to get into the weeds of like, who am I going to support? And I love that stuff. And I love like getting that side of him, you know, and hearing these like Trump stories from him. That was really cool. Yeah. Awesome stuff. All right. So w- when does the book drop? Where does everybody go for the pre-order? And w- what do you hope people can take away from this book when it drops? Uh, pre-order, you can go to tuckerthebook.com and find the links there. It's also available at Barnes and Noble, Walmart, Amazon, Books a Million, anywhere you get your books. Um, it uh, it uh, is released July 18th. So if you pre-order now, July 18th, they'll show up at your home. And, uh, you know, I just hope people, I, you know, I just wanted to tell a story about this inter- extremely interesting, I think, and, and extremely influential person. I just want to tell a story of his life. And I want people to kind of walk away with the better sense of where he came from and what he's like as a person and what he's really interested in. Yeah, well, Chadwick Moore, the link to the book, to the pre-order is down in the description of this podcast episode. I, I imagine this book to be a wild success, an instant New York Times bestseller. Uh, so props to you for getting it done. I know the, the hustle bustle there towards the end to make some redactions, some retractions, some additions. So uh, good on you for getting it out there. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on the Alec Lay Show. Awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Chadwick Moore. Honored to have him on the show here. The book drops again July 18th. The link is down there in the show notes. Tucker Carlson, no bigger name right now. Uh, you got to check him out, obviously, over on Twitter. Uh, where he is blowing up. I know now, uh, just yesterday, too, that I heard Fox News hit him with a subpoena or hit him with a a breach of contract. Uh, So there's going to be some fireworks going on between the two of them back and forth. Obviously, they will do anything to muzzle Tucker Carlson until after the 2024 election. We know they're coming hard at Trump. Trump is expected to be indicted down in Florida. This stuff is never going to stop until beyond the election. They they will do anything to shut down anybody that is going to promote Trump or give him a platform. Uh, which I have a feeling that Tucker is going to do. And uh, that will really break the Internet if Tucker brings uh, Don- President John- Donald Trump onto his uh, platform there on, on Twitter. I don't know if he will because he's so tied into the truth social, but we'll see if that happens. Again, uh, thank you for you guys who are listening to this show, joining the live broadcasts here on Rumble. I am now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and soon to be wherever your podcasts are heard. If you guys are listening over there, come join me on the Rumbles here. Help me build this presence up on Rumble. It's so important. There's nothing more important right now than the American family. There's nothing more important. All of these political issues, everyone can talk about all this stuff. But none of it matters if we do not strengthen our families in this country. If we don't save the American family, we will never save America. It starts in the home. It starts with the parents. The future of this country is going to be decided by you, the parents. That's why we're here right now talking about all this stuff. The future is family. Don't ever get it mistaken. You guys out there that are raising your children, you are doing so in one of the most poisonous, uh, toxic atmospheres that we've ever seen in our country. And it's coming at the kids. And it's current and it's happening now. So God bless all you parents that are standing up to it out there. Uh, I got your back. I'm here on this show. Join me. Spread the word. Spread the message. Uh, And if you could, leave me a a review on Apple Podcasts or a review on Spotify, wherever you're listening to the show. Uh, It would go a long way to help me out. Again, I will be back here on Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's always an honor to be with you. I'm going to do my best to get the best guests possible. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Chadwick Moore today. I'll be back next week. God bless you, the listener out there. God bless America. God bless our American families. And I'll catch you guys next week.